Hello and welcome to this episode of the Venus and Vesta Evolutionary Astrology Podcast. And well, 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 what have we here? Uh, The rumblings of war. And well, what was I saying in the first episode back uh, two weeks ago in October? We had six squares, six squares that weren't even really linked to create a grand square, six individual squares we had two yods, we had three oppositions, we had quite a few trines and sextiles going on, making it really easy to flow and this kind of quite giving it energy. And then we had the kite formation, which I still think is kind of forcing humanity through to a new consciousness, a higher consciousness into different dimensional consciousness thinking. Plus, we also have Eris, and the North Node. And I spent a whole episode asking us all to update our idea about Eris so that we can stop thinking of her as so uh, strident and negatively as as this person who starts war. You know, I really felt that this is the patriarchal view of her um, amongst other things. But really now we cannot deny that she is the bringer or the starter of war. But I still defend her to say she's not the one picking up the swords, the guns, the ammunition. She's not the one slinging accusations or um, arguing about land masses. She's just pointing out very profoundly with quite a lot of audaciousness, you know, the inequalities and the, um, you know, how our society is often based on quite shallow ideas. And here she does point those things out, having the goddesses scrap around for the answer and the men coming to war over over the results of it. So she she's just um, the person that asks the question still. But here we cannot get through because she's sitting at the North Node. We cannot get beyond into our future unless we deal with those inequalities and issues within humanity right now. So this is the way this is the way forward. It's through this war, if it is ends up being a war, this um, combustion, not around it. We have to stay here because Eris is conjunct with the North Node, the destiny point for three months until the 30th of November. So at the same time, I mentioned back then that Mars also sat on the South Node. That's a huge activation of past and old alliances, past partnerships, perhaps even past unions of types, um, old contracts. And, you know, more recently than Mars, after passing the South Node, which is where the eclipses happen from the around the South Node and the North Node, Mars then goes on to square Pluto. Wow. Sits squaring Pluto right in the middle of eclipse season. And this is the two malefics having a square that's quite combustible, to say the least. And here we have war looming. And also, I already mentioned in quite a few episodes ago that we had two new moons in Aries in one year, which is very year, very rare. We had the naught degree Aries and the 29 degrees Aries, you know, in eclipse season. So this is war god territory. You know, we've got the god of Mars, the god of war being very active along with Pluto, the two kind of malefics that can really kind of 
actively bring about some dynamic change that forces some issues. So there's death processes really involved in that, the old ways dying. And of course, South Node is about the old ways. And, you know, as the font of one of the fonts, I don't know how many, the how many font, tell me, how many fonts are there for humanity? There's the African nursery and here there's the Indian one, I guess, as well. And uh, and here we have in Israel a sort of a font of humanity. And so I wanted to look at Israel's chart. And at the same time, I then to look at Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu's chart too. Well, you know, my jaw was on the floor. I mean, the there is some incredible synchronicities that are going on there. And, you know, I want to show you what I discovered. But before I do, I just want to say that I'm not here to judge who is right or wrong in this. And, um, I, you know, you all, if you've listened to me before, you know that I assume in any governmental position that there is more than meets the eye actually going on. And some of that might be quite dodgy. And of course, Pluto sitting in Capricorn is going to, um, it kind of adds power there, but it then highlights the toxicity within power, you know, power corrupts. So Pluto in Capricorn is bringing this about. So I am assuming that what is happening now uh, and shown in the mainstream media isn't all that's happening. And there's far more to it than actually is being portrayed. But, um, you know, I'm not I'm really trying not to take sides here, but maybe I might say some things that are controversial. I don't mean to offend anyone. I really just want to look at the astrology, astrological energy here and kind of go down that rabbit hole for now of what's going on with the astrology for Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu. So unbelievably, but of, I guess obviously, I mean, for us, we go, wow, unbelievably and obviously they are completely in synergy, almost like the same person. They were born 18 months apart because Israel was born um, a few years after the end of the Second World War in 1948. And Benjamin was born in 1949. But they have such amazing similarities together. But not only together, but similarities between what is for them and what is going on in the world right now and the astrology right now. It's absolutely incredible. And I was completely amazed when I looked at these at the results. So you know that uh, Venus has just this, uh, just this week, past week, has just exited her shadow zone. And she exited that at 28 degrees Leo. And also we, you know, as much as I'm defending Eris, again, her being the antagonist, uh, I'm also, I'm yet to see real examples because we haven't really been at war that much in term, in, in, you know, obviously, you know, we're not, where you're probably listening to this, I doubt you're at war in your town, but I haven't seen Venus's war aspect so readily. It hasn't been completely dynamically um, demonstrated to me. But here we have some quite strident examples of her as the war goddess, which she is now. And so, you know, Venus has two phases. She has the war goddess, and it, which is when you see the morning star. And so many people have said they've seen her come up in the morning at dawn. You see her star then. So she comes up before the sun. 
And then in the when she's the evening star, which she's ahead of um, of of uh, the sun, she is. Yes, she's the evening star. And that's when you say that she's the goddess of love. And that's from antiquity. It's been that way for a very long time. The goddess of war and the goddess of love. But we don't often talk about her as the goddess of, of war. And as I say, I haven't really sort of seen huge examples of that. But now we do, because here she is, you know, I kind of feel like she's acting like if you don't follow my example or my lesson in the Venus retrograde, this is what's going to happen because she leaves the shadow on the day that this kind of war, looming war breaks out, the idea of it, you know, the activity around it. So she, I'm saying that because Israel have already said after the Hamas attacks on them that they're claiming that this is their 9-11 and Benjamin Netanyahu has already said we are at war. So here is Venus in her war goddess phase, ending her shadow retrograde period at 28 degrees Leo. And and this was also at this point is where she started the retrograde point and she created the same yod at the beginning that she's creating at the end. So here we have her at the head of a yod at 28 degrees, 28 degrees Leo, making this exit super powerful. As much as the start was, the exit is too. And in within this yod, she has on one side, she's got Neptune and Neptune, the mysterious side. As I say, I think there's more to this than meets the eye. We're really, you know, no one can fully explain what's going on in the Middle East. And, you know, it does take someone to live there and experience so much of it to know. So there is this mystery surrounding this. And um, a lot of um, cloak and daggers, I would say, too. So there on one side, we've got um, Neptune. And then on the other side, we've got Pluto. And who's just suddenly, you know, a, two days later is turning direct. We've got the also Pluto is also sitting on the Americas Pluto return, which is really representative of the West's. But this is also then this Pluto side of it, the corrupt um, global elite business and political stra strata. They're also this is the idea that where this this is part of what's happening with Venus exiting. This is their part that we might ignore, but now because of the yod, we have to ignore. We can't ignore. Venus is showing us this. And, you know, there is this saying that this potential war is Biden's um, pr procedures playing out. This, this, his selling of arms to Iran, is that, did that happen? Who uh, then asked for passage through Afghanistan to give those arms to Hamas. I don't know if that's true, but there's, you know, where did they get those arms from? Um, I think it's an interesting way to have a look at where each of those countries are getting their arms from. So who else is involved? Because, you know, there, there's two very powerful sides to this. And obviously nobody wants to take sides because it could turn out to be World War Four, because I also believe we're in World War Three already. So. This is the sextile at the bottom of, of the yod where Venus is leaving. The, so the yod is a very finite finger point formation. Venus is at the head of it and we've got the big corporate state functionality of Pluto and the corruption there in Capricorn, which is now going direct, going direct, went, went direct on um, Tuesday the 10th. 
And on the other side, we have Neptune working on the more mysteriously uh, never ending complications of the Middle East, the multi layered factions that no one can understand, and also the amount of spying that would have gone on. And then the dimensional shift in consciousness that we really have to go through. So Venus is leaving her shadow is really kind of pointing all of this out. And the fact then that that Israel has a Mars, like the god of war, at 28 degrees Leo, it is a combustible situation. And I feel like that that Venus in her retrograde, you know, must have been brewing something within Israel because Venus retrograde has slowly, slowly gone past Israel's Saturn and Pluto, almost to Israel's moon. Israel has a moon in Leo. It's at four degrees. But when she, when Venus retrograde, she went back to 12 degrees Leo. And that's where Israel has the Pluto. You know, it's kind of Death Star. This is uh, evolve or die. So things really have to change, even if, as has happened past, you know, we have this quietening down of of the antagonism and the atrocities and the peace fire. Something really deep has to change now. We can't go on with this. This this is what's really this is signifying the Pluto effect of absolute evolution of every fiber of this because it cannot go on in its current format. So there, there we have Israel's kind of Mars at 28 degrees Leo. And then you look at Benjamin Netanyahu's chart and he has Mars at 26 degrees Leo. I mean, like twins, Mars twins, you know, his um, antagonistic, his drive, his passion, his clarity and drive is exactly the same as Israel's. He matches Israel perfectly. Um, so, he, you know, he's involved in that activation of Mars. You know, it com- They completely are aligned in what they want to do and what they are going to do. And Venus is here is just calling it out, just a bit like Eris is calling it out, too. And in the same way that Venus had to travel through Israel, Saturn and Pluto or back to Pluto, Benjamin Netanyahu's Mars is next to his Pluto in Leo, too. I mean, he he's a powerful individual, whether he becomes prime minister or not. And he's with the longest standing prime minister, 16 years. So he's completely aligned with the drive, uh, you know, that's been kicked off for Israel at the same time. That, you know, it's like his baby almost. So that was the first kind of similarity that I and that was profound for me, this Venus, Venus um, leaving the shadow and absolutely combining or kicking off the Mars of Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel. But then I looked, of course, we're in eclipse season and the next eclipse is at 21 degrees Libra on the south node. And we know that the south node is just going to be pulling up past relationship issues and the relationships themselves. And, you know, relationships that are based on flawed agreements or outdated agreements or unequal dynamics or unfair or inappropriate contracts or promises that kept us in relationships that were unfulfilling or oppressive or in any way where we've had to keep them going for the namesake, for what it looks like. You know, here comes Libra South Node to go, yeah, we're going to dig all those up when we have this eclipse. And when we also we recently had Mars sitting on it as well. So, yeah, we are ready to look into this Pandora's 
box of past relationships. Most of us won't need a war to bring this about. But, you know, humanities, I mean, the global, all of us, our relationship um, way of working is about to change. The way we relate to each other is about to change. And, you know, you know, top down, bottom bottom up, I don't know which way around, but this is a big way of conducting countries um relationships and and if war is going to be happening at this well so be it um i we don't want that so we maybe have a part in that to hold ourselves in in a much uh, better vibrational situation and not fantasize about what could be happening and really keep our as venus has just taught us in her retrograde through leo our heart energy really does matter and so you know, as much as this eclipse will be bringing up this south, the south node past relationships, it's like, well, actually, now I know I can keep my heart and my heart energy in my vibration, in my toroidal feel of heart dynamic electromagnetic field. If I can keep that at a high resonance with grace and love, then perhaps then my neighbor can too. And perhaps then the neighbor and then it moves on. And the more of us that do that, perhaps then we don't have to go to war to make this dynamic change for humanity and for that area. I mean, geographical area of Israel. But I'm guessing, you know, the relationships that are going to come up for change are really, and I'm including Israel's relationship with the land and the people there, you know, very obviously it's not fit for purpose. It's too complicated and it hasn't worked out. And maybe the divorce proceedings need to happen here. Um, the relationship with the land and its neighbours and even the world all here needs to change. It's not fit for purpose. So eclipse territory, ahoy, here we come. Let's see if we can evolve through this without going to war. So the eclipse is at 21 degrees Libra. Israel has its its Oops, sorry. <laughs> Israel has got its ascendant at 23 degrees Libra. So two degrees off. I mean, well, that's exact, really. It's bang on, really, that this ascendant, this south node is now straight on Israel's ascendant. And we're having an eclipse there. So this means Israel's way of communicating with the world, connecting with the world, all of its kind of... Um, you know, reliances, alliances and contracts also need to be either exposed, you know, and updated and evolved. You know, the way it projects itself in the world and puts itself forward has to change. Um, it's obviously very Libran and it's a loving and empathetic Libran, but it's also maintaining that peace at all cost. And so we're kind of getting to that point going, well, if you're maintaining this peace at such a high cost, why don't we take away that and start again? Really, that's what the astrology is saying, but that might be a step too far. And similarly, so this is Israel matching the eclipse energy at 21 degrees Libra. Then I look at Benjamin Netanyahu's and his, he's got at, at the 21 degree Libra spot, spot, he's got the moon on one side and the sun on the other, basically straddling that spot. And then Ceres right on it, how you get nourished approving, is this right, bringing in the harvest or not bringing in the harvest? So, 
So not only is has he got a sun and a moon where we're about to have a sun and a moon conjunction eclipse on the south node, he's actually got his south node there as well. So Benjamin Netanyahu was actually born on a Libra south node solar eclipse, just like the one we're having on the 14th of October. So, wow, for me, that is completely powerful. Not only is he completely matched with Israel's um, chart, and I haven't really gone down deep into that because it's quite hard to explain that just by listening to it. But I've told you the key points here as well. He's completely aligned with this solar eclipse so that he can bring about this power. And do you remember me talking about Prince Charles, who is now obviously King Charles, born on an eclipse and now being crowned at the same eclipse on the same. That was the North Node eclipse. Was it? No, it's the South Node eclipse again. You know, this this is what King Charles has this eclipse in his birthright. And therefore, the eclipse when he is crowned is almost like this is the the life affirming reason for being here. This is why you're here. This is your life's mission. And I would say the same for Benjamin Netanyahu. He's here to change this dynamic. And I'm just ever so hopeful that he can evolve Israel through this and Palestine through this into something far more suitable for the future. Perhaps, you know, he is going to be the example, but this eclipse is super powerful. And because it's bang on his own birth one, he's having his own, I wouldn't say crowning moment, but he has definitely, he was meant to be here at this point in time. And because he has this solar eclipse birth in his natal chart on the south node, I feel like he is having this shift and perhaps he's more of the protagonist than it would initially seem. Because already we're looking at that and thinking, well, you know, it looks like Hamas has made a direct and very uh, violent and outrageous hit on Israel. But I think there's been more to this than meets the eye that's, that has generated this. Because with this solar eclipse energy, Benjamin Netanyahu cannot just be the benign person within this. He, you know, there, there's action on both sides here. He's more involved in this than we know. Plus, his IC, which is where his roots are, it's the bottom of the chart. It's super fluid there because it's in Pisces. And not only that, Neptune is there and it's at the head of the kite. And as I say, leading us into new dimensional consciousness. And I don't believe he's had a he's had more than a few alliances that have been promises and a wing and a prayer. And even if they were false allegiances or just for the sake of spying, this whole mysterious network, he's coming. Nobody knows where he's coming on, what what operating system he's working at. So it's a rule unto itself in that way. And I don't know nothing about him personally, but that that's what that would speak to me saying in his chart. He's been the master of being a bit slippery, but also he has Venus and Cairo on his Sagittarius. So he's got the gift of the, you know, charm the birds out the trees and then probably shoot them, that kind of thing, because, he, you know, Sag just goes too far, doesn't know when to stop and um yeah, he's he's super powerful and direct and open, um, but maybe a bit tricky as well. I think that's a fair assumption. Now I'm I'm words of people talking about him ringing in my ears. So um, there you have it. He is he is uh, powerful and tricky, dynamic, and um, manipulative. I would say. 
But I think to get us through this, he needs to be. We need someone like that to do this, to get this through hopefully without a retaliation but as i'm recording this i kind of feel that's not really gonna it's not possible so i mentioned the fact that venus is leaving the shadow on the prominent parts on the marses of both the prime minister and of israel and also let's not forget that venus rules this eclipse this eclipse is in libra and it's rule uh, yes this eclipse is in libra and it's ruled by venus and then because Venus is sitting on Israel's and Ben's point where Venus is now, it's like sitting on their Mars Plutos. And Mars and Pluto are now in a in a square. The two malefics very much involved in the shadows of of all of this Venus retrograde. So this is like a brewing situation. And like I say, there's so much astrology around Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel's within this Venus retrograde. Something like this, something has been brewing before this attack. And maybe we'll get to find out. On top of that, next April is going to be a really key moment for Israel because Jupiter and Uranus are going to conjunct together uh, in a quite a powerful way around 21 degrees Taurus. And that's exactly where Israel's sun is. Well, it's at 23 degrees, but wow, that's going to be powerful for them. This is where we're going to change because this is going to happen. It's it's sort of borderline seventh, eighth relationships. So, yes, about to change the relationships because, of course, this eclipse is very much about relationships, but also change land boundaries. This is Taurus. This is this is going to be happening in Taurus. And of course, the next eclipse is in Taurus. And so we're looking at land boundaries and we're going to look potentially because it's Israel's eighth house, the change in finances, in backing or where they get their sources from. So that's very much on the card and things will be revealed. So let me tell you what the next week of October brings. We've just had the solar eclipse on the 14th of October, but straight after that we've had, we'll get, that on the 16th to the 18th, the sun is making a very powerful yod formation. And you know, because yods are such a finite and kind of, very um, slender aspect that it only takes if a planet is moving at the tip of it you know it just goes there for a few degrees and it's gone the orbit the orb rather the orb this that we surround um, the tip of it is you know a, a degree each side it's not much bigger than that so these yods when they appear it's kind of quite momentarily and it's like a flash of listen wake up kind of thing so from the 16th to the 18th of October, we've got the sun at the head of a yacht, yod, sorry. And this is going to be between 22 and 24 degrees Libra. And of course, the south node here is at 24 degrees Libra. So the sun is really powerfully looking into the Libran past and the Libran idea of relationships here. And on a global level, of course, we've got who's involved in this relationship with with Israel and who has Benjamin got, you know, contracts with. That's a big thing. But I'm going to stop banging on about Israel. But really, it's such a good example of what's going to be happening that we're seeing in our own lives that perhaps we're going, well, how are we connected with that person? And why am I putting up with this? And couldn't we do this thing differently? And is that outdated? 
So this south, this this sun sitting on the south node at the head of a yod for three days over a few degrees and straight after the eclipse. You know, that's a very powerful idea that we're going to keep moving with this eclipse. This eclipse is like not just one day. It's like a whole week, a whole week of really quite dramatic and powerful um events occurring in our lives. So um, hold on to your hats. I mean, this could be powerful and could be beautiful as well. So, you know, as much as we're at the start of war, there's this idea here that this Libra might bring about new realizations about who you love, how you love, where you want to be in life. And, um, you know, you can upgrade your 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 modus operandi around love and romance. So and art and beauty. So let's not go down too much of the neggy negs on this one. And I also think, you know, that as is kind of happening now, there is this potential battle of the sexes arising, you know, from past behavior, you know, unfair and unequal um, conditioning that happens between the sexes. So there is that struggle for equality and harmony that perhaps will come out and you know not just with your special other person but with, you know in in life in general and then on the 20th of October we have the sun then is met with or mercury meets up with the sun at 26 degrees libra and this is like this that mercury coming in just past the south node as well is like again adding another layer of information of ideas of communication of thinking and maybe this is when we get to find out far more than we already know about what we were thinking or maybe it's the ability to put what we were thinking into words and actually have a conversation about how you might feel and um you know in in, in your know, libra loves that conversation as long as it's going in the right direction there's mercury to help us all along to to say it tell it and use your words in a very sweet and loving way because libra that's the way libra likes it so mercury catches up with the sun at 26 degrees libra and then on that's on the 20th and on the 21st the next day the sun and mercury both go to 27 degrees Libra and there they square Pluto. Da-da! This is a powerhouse of realisation of the conditioning that we're in, the societal relationship structure and, you know, it's forcing our way to change the deep collective, you know, where things have to move on and maybe the way society and the world is 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 evolving and the toxicity we see within our leaders and in our, um, you know, banking and political systems, perhaps now that's what's going to have to change within within us. That's what's changing us as well, because Pluto, that's what Pluto represents. And we're, we are the kind of the people having an effect on this. And so here, this square is really, it's bringing about the deep action within the deeper collective and maybe that also is a kickback then on mind control, a kickback on, no, you're not going to have power over my mind. I'm an individual and I'm not going to play and pretend everything's all right. So perhaps also then this is the destruction of those, that relationship we have with the hire, with the bank, with the doctor, with the, you know, with all those people that tell us how to live our lives. Maybe that's us waking up and going, kicking back from that. And maybe there's a new way of dealing with the male-female relating. And 
you know, this destruction potentially of the male female roles. And maybe we can come to something more appropriate, especially in the areas of sport, that we can make things happen um, fairly, but in a really clever way. And over the 21st, of which I'm talking about, and then the 22nd, the moon joins Pluto. So we've got a moon conjunct Pluto, always kind of a dark, shadowy day. And this is a will be adding a layer of mystery and a deep emotive wisdom coming through. This is karma playing out. And they, the big guns, are probably, you know, thinking, you know, the, the, you know they can have it their way and do what they want. But the moon here is like, no, it's adding some kind of illogical feel so that whatever action happens, it, you know, it's them realizing it's out of their hands and they can't just control it or put in a new law or sense us. The moon here is kind of going, well, hold on a minute. You know, this isn't we, we can, you know, I'm not going to allow such obvious things to take place within the malefic world of Pluto in Capricorn. And that might benefit then us, us, the um, where the sun and Mercury in Libra on the south node or at 27 then 28 degrees now of Libra, right at the doorway, the end of Libra season. And just at this point and at the same time on the 21st and the 22nd of October, we have lovely Venus. She's, you know, obviously out now now in um now in virgo she is in a she's one she's at the bottom of the kite again activating that kite but also she's in a precise trine to jupiter the expansive jupiter and these guys are at 12 degrees this is this is a happy and a really generous aspect and you know whatever relationship issues are being diagnosed or relived within your couples or within your family or on the wider scale it will be you know worth planting seeds and really worth going that extra mile to take some constructive roles constructive notes rather and being extra diligent or mindful about your actions you add grace to them don't let these things pass by and go all wounded you know this is where you can actually augment yourself and go you know I've made a decision here this is how I'm going to operate and you know have your list of things that you want and understand where you're both nourishing each other and uh, where you get your nourishment from in relationships in general if not in a romantic sense because you know the Jupiter in Taurus will be is fully nourishing and fully up for it fully up for the sex as well so here with Venus in Virgo, she's being much more particular, but, you know, rightly so, perhaps, you know, she's like, this is what I want. This is how it's going to be done. And, you know, I'm ready to you know, really plant some good seeds and put some goodness into whatever is going on. And by God, you know, with the other stuff going on, we need some goodness. So, yeah, Venus working with Jupiter there, as much as we've had Pluto and Mars, the two malefics, we've got the two benefics here, the beneficial ones or the benefics. So that's Venus and Jupiter. Two, you couldn't get two better planets here, both working together. So, yes, go that extra mile to make things right we're here as well, no matter even if Rome is burning. And and, and it well might be. <laughs> um, not even just figuratively, literally. On the 22nd as well, Mercury is going into Scorpio. So Mars is already in Scorpio. 
and digging deep, really the excavation with Mars. It's going to continue. Mercury is going to add energy and ideas and thoughts. So this isn't just this kind of Mars going off on a tangent. Now Mercury is joining. And as Mercury steps into Scorpio, he's going to be at the nought degree point of Scorpio, which is going to be in a trine to Saturn at nought degree Pisces. So there's this watery trine going on that, that Mercury is activating. And it's like Mars and then Mercury. They both pass that naught degree point of Scorpio. And it's almost like with, with Saturn there, big authoritative Saturn, who's quite repressive. But, you know, in the water sign at this naught degree, it's like where you want to take action, where you are kind of open to suggestion here and open to feeling and experiencing what goes on in that sign, that they're almost getting the stamp of approval and the stamp of this classified all access pass in Scorpio to go deeper and to be more thorough and really get to the point of what we need to know. And then, of course, that was the 22nd. And then on the 23rd, the sun joins Mercury and Mars in Scorpio. And of course, that's when Scorpio season starts. We have these three, well, two planets and the, and the sun all kind of empowering this shadowy land of Scorpio. We've already dug up the past of the ghosts from previous relationships. <laughs> They're already here. And so now in Scorpio, it's like, here they are. I can see them direct and I can understand my own shadow. I can see where I reflected that back at me. So this is quite a nice little um, process then for whatever went on in your digging up of past relationship. And here we're going to be able to discover, may, see how maybe that's our, our own um, role in that because the freaks are going to come out they're coming out and I think this could be quite telling um, and of course you know Saturn has given the approval we've got this all all area pass here for proper Scorpio season to occur and what I like about this Scorpio season um, and we're only at the 23rd of October on in this uh, linear process of the podcast reading now that, of course, all these planets are going to oppose Jupiter in Taurus and Uranus in Taurus. Jupiter is going to move to from 12 degrees to 11 degrees Taurus and then we'll have Mars and was it, Mars and Mercury opposing it. And then we'll also have all those planets opposing Uranus in Taurus at 21 degrees Taurus. And they're all going to then sextile and activate in a good way, activate in a really thorough kind of opening doorways way, the Pluto, the malefic in Capricorn. So there's so much to be going on that I think I'm going to save the eclipse. Um, yeah, I'm going to save the eclipse for the next issue because then we can work around and I'll tell you about this lunar eclipse that's happening on the 28 degrees of leap of. Uh, sorry, it's not happening at 28 degrees. I'm looking at my notes. It's 28th of October happening on the 28th of October and it will be at five degrees Taurus. So there's much more to say about that and the last week in October in the next episode so do join me then and in the meantime go in the beauty way <laughs> keep keep your own uh keep your vibe high and go the beauty way see you next time <laughs>